Hello, welcome to the Roman Cario Podcast. Before the official episode starts, I reference Instagram TV. Um, did not realize Instagram TV only lets you do videos max of 15 minutes. Uh, so the idea I had for Instagram TV has been completely thrown out the door. Um, so yeah, enjoy the episode. Now I'm recording on my iPad. Hello, everybody. This is the Roman Cario podcast, and we are back. Um, you know, I've been gone for a while. <laughs> Season two only had two episodes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to talk with my mouth open. So that's another thing you can watch. For the people that are listening to the podcast, I... Um, am now on Instagram TV. Everything that I record over audio will now have a visual to it. Will the visual be crazy? No, it's, it's just going to be a video of me talking. This is it. This is it. Um, before we jump in, you know, we're going to start with some light stuff and we're going to go to more heavier stuff. I think that'll be fun. Um, you know. For the people that, again, can't see what is going on, I'm sitting in a chair, I have a snowboard behind me, I've got, you can't see the stuff over there, and I've got, literally, the sun! The sun is here! Guest star, the sun. I just got this big, fat light that's just, right here. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I go blind by the end of this, but... You know, if you're going to do something right, you do it with good lighting. That's And that is what I say. Can I turn this one off? Yeah, that one. Okay. Where to start? Where to start? Um. So, I set a one-hour timer for myself. Wow. That's crazy. Stop. I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're over at the Roman Cario podcast. We, we're a slow start. Mm-hmm. You know? There we go. Um, nope. Oh, where was I? I'm sorry. Thank you for bearing with me. Here we go. Um, you know, I was gone from the podcast for a while because there was just no more joy in it. There just there was no joy in anything, literally. And that was because I was deeply, <laughs> comically, deeply depressed. Um, very true though. Um. Got myself a therapist. Shout out to Gretchen. That's my therapist. Um, shout out to some other people that are really cool. They got me to where I want to be. Um, yeah. You know, this episode is about depression. Um, and so, are you know, not going to lie. I'm definitely not depressed anymore because... Um, Yeah, (laughs) well, 
I don't know. We'll talk. We'll talk. Here we go. So, what? Where? I don't know where to start. That's the thing. I don't know where to start with this. So this is what it was. The cool thing that I liked about my depression is that I did not realize I was depressed. Um, but really don't know where it began. But I do know when it was happening because I look back at everything. So talk to a good buddy of mine. Good, real good buddy. Um, Cyrus Sherman. Shout out to Cyrus Sherman. Had some some big talks with him because he went through some uh, some heavy stuff too. Um, and he talked to another person that also had some heavy depression and they had a lot of experience with it. So that guy knew a lot and Cyrus knew a lot. So I was able to talk to Cyrus and he gave me some stuff and this, I'm going to add context to what I'm talking about, but I won't talk about it yet. So I'm going to talk about it now, but before I talk about it, I'm going to talk about the context about what I was going to talk about. And I just went in a circle. If you listen to that again. Cyrus was talking to me and he was like, you are going to drain yourself if you keep going at it 100%, meaning trying to figure it out. But that was the way I was doing it. Because I was like, for me, for me personally, I am wasting time if I'm depressed because I feel like I was, I'm holding myself back. I want to get out of, some people say you never go out of it. I don't know if that's true. Whatever point I'm at right now, I feel great because I've got energy and I'm doing everything I need to be doing and it's sick. Um, So, the week I found out depression, found out I had depression, was death. Was pure, pure death. So, the reason I figured out I had depression is because I had a thought in my head where it was like, I think my ADD pills make me feel more depressed. Um, and I, you know, I thought that because this is literally what the pills do. And I talked about it on, my, I think, my first podcast episode. When you take a stimulant, methylphenidate, Vyvanse, anything like that, you got to be careful with that stuff because that stuff is is what helps your brain have a chemical balance. People with depression, people with ADHD, any people that have a chemical imbalance, you have to be very careful because if you have caffeine, any type of stimulant, it is could mess you up. That's why I don't like to, I don't drink that much coffee. And when I do drink coffee, it's because I'm trying to get something done that has to get done or... That, no, that's it. That's it. I'm not I'm not waking up on like a Tuesday morning be like, ah, oh, I could go for a cup of coffee. As soon as I have that thought, I'm like, what are you doing today? Is there if there's anything that is not productive, I'm not having coffee. I don't need coffee to drive. I don't need coffee to um make music. Sometimes I'll do that just if if I really want to kind of uh get a little uh more uh, like worky worky if that makes sense if i'm trying if i'm trying to make music for fun and i'm trying to make music in the mindset of okay let's do this let's make something hot that's when i'll have like coffee because coffee can very it, it can very much it changes the chemicals in your brain and that's what it is um so back to pills um that is a very much higher version of it fun fact i think i might have talked about this i don't remember but um <laughs> uh 
cocaine does not affect um, people with ADHD the same way it does regular people because cocaine is a stimulant. It's a high form of stimulant. Not saying it's okay for people with ADHD to do cocaine. I'm not saying don't do cocaine. That's it's. I, I don't think I even had to say that, but you understand. Quick fun fact. Um, back to it. Um, with methylphenidate, that was the one I was taking. It's very it, those kind of pills. You have to very much be open with your doctor. Problem is, I did not know what I was feeling at that time because I didn't understand it at all. So when the doctor would say, how are you feeling? I had no idea what that meant because I literally was feeling nothing, feeling absolutely nothing. Um, a cool friend of mine was explaining to me, they were like, how, how are you feeling? Like, like they explained it to me in a way where it was like, do you feel flat? And I was like, what do you mean flat? Be like, not high, not low, just, just, just that. I was like, that's exactly how I feel. And I realized I felt absolutely nothing, literally nothing, no emotion, no nothing. The pills would completely suppress everything. Um, and it was really bad because, um, I'm not gonna lie, the, 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 I did not trust anyone but myself when it came to the pills. And that was terrible because I was only like 15 and I was literally messing with my chemical imbalance and I shouldn't have been doing that, but I, I didn't know what else to do. And I would like talk to the doctors and I'd be like, Hey, um, I think I need more medicine. He's like, okay, I'm going to give that to you. And it's not his fault because it's, it's, he's list. I'm the source. So when you get information from the source, you trust it. Problem is I didn't understand how to explain anything. And all I, I remember a couple times I'd say to my doctor, I think this pill is making me sad or stuff like that. And this was a while back and he'd be like, okay, maybe we need to try something new. And we would a couple times, but nothing was absolutely working. Nothing was working. And, um, the things I would do is I'd be like, okay, this medication isn't work. What it was, was this. So, uh, one of my favorite musical artists, um, Juice World, also had ADHD. And it was cool because I watched one of the interviews and he literally says something that I could completely relate with. He talks about how um, when he was younger, he would take the pills and like for like 15 minutes, he'd feel amazing. He'd feel bubbly. He'd feel like a class clown. He'd feel super, super extroverted. And then after everything would just go and be like suppressed. And that's literally how it feels. Just imagine becoming the coolest version of yourself. You could think having the most energy, the most bubbly, whatever. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that for one hour. And then after it just subtracts everything from you and you just become like a shell of yourself. You just literally like, let's say, <laughs> let's say Tony's an avocado, cut him in half, take out all the stuff and then put the avocado back. You got a hollow avocado. And that's a rhyme. And that's how it felt. And it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Um, and it, it, I definitely, I, I, like, there were points where I'd be like, okay, I took this X amount of medication. This is not working for me. 
every time I ask my doctor to take a higher med, he says yes. So I like, I'm fine just doing it myself. So I almost kind of started to self-medicate and that was, um, such a bad idea. Cause literally like it lit, like just imagine just erasing everything who you are. And that's what you had. You just had a shell of yourself. It was absolutely terrible. Um, and so problem is anytime I got myself to the lowest, lowest, lowest I possibly could be, I would be like, okay, I'm not taking these pills anymore, but I would never explore why I didn't want to. It was because I had no mental energy to think during this time when I had my depression, um, uh, I went through something called a mental block in my fr again, my good source Cyrus sermon. I looked up on it a little bit too. People with chemical imbalances, if they get depression, what can happen is if if a traumatic episode happens, um, a lot of emotions can explode. So you might have this negative emotion and this negative emotion, and it's almost like a grenade of emotions, and it just explodes. And the brain realizes how much of a negative effect um, that it's causing on the brain. So what will happen is it will suppress everything because it's like, um, literally what would happen is the, the brain would just stop making dopamine um, because it's almost like the brain understands that th this heavy emotion that the person's having is having a negative effect. So it would just be like, okay, I'm not going to make any emotions anymore because anytime I have any emotion, it always goes um, sideways. That's the only way I could explain it. And so the brain would go into a mental block. And it, it was literally, like, I literally was having coping mechanisms, but not even forcing it. It just was, or at least I don't really understand how coping mechanisms work. I don't know if people force it. But literally for me, that's what would happen. And I could, I could even say, I know from, like, age 14, probably to, like, mm, recently this year um everything was just suppressed to the point where i kind of forgot how to act um socially or at least in my head i very much did and i very much um, to a point i literally forgot how to think like i started i lost confidence in everything i lost confidence in how i felt about stuff like I was looking to other people to see how they felt about stuff to see if that's how I felt about it. And I, I'm being super, super general because it was literally with everything. Did not know how I felt about toothpaste. Did not know how I felt about whatever. And what this was, was just self-preservation. Anything that doesn't have to do with just surviving threw it right out the door because it didn't matter. This person got mad at me today. Don't care because at the end of the day, they have nothing to do with me and the crud I'm going through. So I'm just going to survive and go forward. Um, what I mean by that is brushing my teeth. Have to brush my teeth. Have to clean myself. Have to listen to my parents. Have to do this. Have to do that. Only the main things that were needed for my survival, I would do because that was the all the energy I could use. I literally wouldn't text anybody. Even if someone texted me like, hey man, what's up? 
not texting them because that that it, just doing tiny texts like that did not have any motivation or any mental energy to text them. And definitely what started to happen was um, I was always looking for things to, I don't want to say make me feel happy, but just give me, give me something, give me something to feel. Cause I could not feel anything. So for a while, uh, like high school played video games, so many video games because it was so much fun and you felt something. Um, and what slowly started to happen is I lost joy for video games because it just, I got myself to a very, very dark place. And I also definitely think I kind of grew out of video games. I still like them, but it's like, I rather kind of work my creative bone. I touch my elbow. I mean, I, you get it. Um, so yeah, so that happens. <laughs> um, and as this is all happening, I still was dealing with so many problems and I, a lot of people would talk to me and be like, Hey man, how do you just do what you do? How are you, you? And what they meant by that was I'm a very much, I still am a, a very carefree person. And I think one of the reasons I'm like that now is because while I was going through that heavy depression stuff, I didn't really care about anything. Because I didn't realize it, but I was dealing with some heavy, heavy stuff. And what was cool, I'm going to fast forward now, to the week I found out that I was depressed, did not believe it at all. And, my, and I, I feel like... Oh, shout out to Wendy's Sprite, you know? Oh. Woo! Can I get a you? Yeah! Um... Perfect example of how I felt was when Ben Wyatt resigns in disgrace because he was dating Leslie Nope and he's not allowed to date co-workers. And his friend, Chris Trozier, um, Trozier, Chris, Chris, you know, Parks and Recs, um, for <laughs> Parks and Recs, um, uh, if you watch Parks and Recs, you'll fully understand what I'm talking about. If you don't watch the show, <laughs> too bad for you, man. That, that stinks. That really stinks. You're just, you're out of the loop. This is the loop and you're out of it. Um, character in the show gets depressed and <laughs> he starts making claymation videos, <laughs> but he only made one. And so his friend is like, Hey man, I'm really concerned about you. You're, you're not doing like anything. You're, you're just, no, no, he didn't say you're not doing anything, but he was very concerned about him because he wasn't being the way he was. And so his, uh, Ben, the guy that's depressed, he's like, what are you talking about? No, I started making claymation. Come watch what I've been working on. And <laughs> he shows him the clip, but the clip is only one second. And he just has a complete mental breakdown because he's been working on it for like three weeks. <laughs> and he's like, oh my gosh. And he realizes he's depressed. And one of the things he says to his friend is, how did you know I was depressed? I didn't even know. And it, it, it took a close friend to realize what was happening. And that very much is what happened with me and my guy. Mm. Shout out Icy. Because as I started telling him stuff, 
He was like, dude, you're depressed. You're depressed, dude. You're depressed. And I just didn't believe it at all. Because I'm like, no, there's no way I'm depressed. I would say this out myself. There's no way I'm depressed because what happened was through my life, I very much, you know, I didn't think that it was, but it was. I didn't think what was happening was happening, but it actually was happening. Uh, language specialist, you can figure out that sentence. Um, what I mean is I realized for me, a lot of thoughts that I would never have were always in the back of my head and I didn't realize it. And I let people affect my thinking so heavily to the point where it wasn't even a thought, it was more of an instinct. And I wouldn't really let myself uh, think. There Literally nothing was going on. Um, not because I didn't want to, but it was just because I didn't have mental energy. And yes. So what would happen is when he said, you're depressed, I immediately thought, no, this person, if I went to this person and said this, they wouldn't think that. And I never was like, no, you can't go to other people to see how you feel. You have to go to you to see how you feel. And I had a very big confidence problem. So I was like, I, I had to gain so much confidence in myself to say how I felt. Because before I had this confidence, I did not know how I felt because there was nothing to feel. So I had to be confident in the things that I thought I did feel. And from there, whoop, the door opened and I did a lot of, I probably did. <laughs> I did like 15 years of self-reflecting in one week and man, I actually don't recommend it. Um. Cause it was really rocky. It was really bad. I did. I, I literally one week I got 10 hours of sleep in the total of one week. It, I literally would stay up. I was, I was clocking in like 23 hour days. That math doesn't make sense. I'm y'all know literally like I, I, I would be up until like five o'clock in the morning until my brain was just like, all right, you're going to knock out. Dude, I was taking sleeping pills too. I was taking sleeping pills and they weren't working. And it wasn't even like I was thinking about anything. I wasn't just the back of my head was racing. So imagine a limousine and there's two people talking and the driver's in front and there's that partition. That's literally was it what it was. If the partition was down, the driver, me, my frontal lobe, would have been able to listen to the two people in the back listening to their conversation. But I didn't have that. So the partition was up. And while these two people were talking, the partition was up. That's the only way I can explain it. I, I think you guys understand. And so that's how it was for like a whole week. It was bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. That's really all I can say. Um... And, you know, it was definitely cool to see because I could realize that it was almost a slow burn, a slow buildup looking back on everything. I Because I, I remember, I think when I really started to get some deep, deep depression was straight up like, like seventh grade because I felt completely alone. 
Because in school, I I just really didn't care about anybody. And I'm, um, I don't know why. That's just how I was. I felt very, very alone. And that sense of loneliness really builds up. Um, because um, I'd always find myself in certain situations where I felt like just wasn't there. Um, and it's almost like I was an attention seeker that didn't seek attention. And that's literally what it was because I knew seeking attention wasn't the way to go about um, doing what I needed to do. But the problem with that is the void just kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, you find a lot of ways to figure out to figure out um, what's going on, you know? And so, yeah, um, you know, it's what I do, is what I do. Um, can it, give me like a 10 second break, gotta think. Oh, I'm a stress eater. I stress eat. Um, what's cool about that is I have a high metabolism and I don't eat that much. Um, I, that's what it was. I was, I was so busy being depressed, completely forgot who I was as a person. Literally, completely forgot who I was as a person. And that's what kind of made me very, very angry and disappointed and sad and a lot of negative emotions. That's what made me feel negative. Because I completely forgot who I was. And Jim Carrey says this, deep depression is deep rest. You're resting from the person you're trying to be. And you need to take rest and be the person you are. I was trying to be the person I was while trying to rest from being who I was at the same time. And definitely what happened is my depression definitely made me very much more introverted in my personality. And so, um, problem with that is, you know, I'm Puerto Rican and I'm ADHD. So, you know, automatically just, you know, Eccentric explosion, if that makes sense. Um, so, past couple months, I've really been on a. Um, no, when I start, when I got out of high school, re- even with the podcast, when I got out of high school, I really started, knew I needed to figure myself out because if I wanted to be best person I possibly could be needed to start with myself and um that's because it it just I know who I am as a person to an extent what I I know who I am as a person and I feel like if you know yourself you know what you're capable of problem is I can't see the future so I, I, I like I can't look to the stairs and be like, okay, there's this step, there's this step, there's this step, because I haven't built the stairs yet. So all I can do really is instead of looking at the last stair, I need to look at the next step. So I got to build this step, do this step. Um, 
Side note, I have a weird way of explaining things because this is how I express how I feel. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, you know, shout out to the people that are listening to this. You stink. You don't get the full experience of seeing my face with this beautiful lighting in a fireplace on the TV. Boom. Get that out your face. Um, so yeah. And you know, with depression, I really started to lose joy in making music because I didn't have energy to use my creative bone. And I'm so happy because it's just starting to come back. One of the things too I needed to realize is I would envy a lot of things. I'd envy feeling happy. I'd envy feeling sad. I love crying so much. And there were times when I'd, I'd start crying and it would be big. I didn't, you know what the problem was? I was so used to crying how heavily I was. That I didn't realize how high level of the crying I was doing um, was unhealthy. Um, like I like like if I was crying, it was a mental mental breakdown. I didn't realize that wasn't healthy. I thought that was just how people cried. Um, and what's funny is when I would cry, um, um, I would love the feeling of crying because it was something it was an emotional release something that um my depression would not allow me to have because there was just nothing if you can't feel anything you can't express anything so you just sound crazy um and music didn't help but music was definitely something that would help me cope. So music did help. <laughs> music wouldn't progress me. If anything, it would keep me idle. And it would... I kind of looked at music as a break from depression, if that makes sense. Because there was songs that you could listen to. Um, that, that's the only way I can explain it. Music was like taking a coffee break from depression. Because you could kind of suck yourself into what that person's feeling. Kid Cudi. Juiceveld. <laughs> Mac Miller, these guys really have some uh, cool songs about really, really sad and depressing issues. And it was funny, I was listening to a song with my sister, and she's like, this song's depressing. And I was like, no, it's realistic. <laughs> and the, we had two other people in the back of the car, and I was like, they're like, you can't argue with that. <laughs> and I, I was like, it's true, it's true, man. Oh. I like depressing music because it means something. Even when, no, I used to, even I, even when I was like having a good day, I'd still listen to sad music because it was just what made me, for lack of a better word, happy. Um, Because I wasn't happy. That, that What I felt is what I thought was associated with happiness. Yeah, we're doing good. Good thinking right now. Um, and so, it was, re you know, I really, uh, I, I do that, you know, I do, I don't know. I really do have a lot of memories of situations where I look at them and go, oh, it was because of that, that this happened. Um, and it's, 
it definitely helped me make real friends because it just gave me a sense of who was genuine and who was not. But it wasn't like, and the cool part is I did not realize that at the time. It just was almost instinctive. And it really helped me see, it helped me, what I like, uh, so I was talking to someone who was like, so these people think this about me and I've just kind of made them acquaintances. And the person was like, no, 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 not that. You've placed them. And I thought about that and I was like, ooh, I've placed them. I like that. Because when you place someone, you keep them in their place. So if you want to do something with them, you keep them in their place. You don't talk to them about this because this is their place. If that makes sense. You know, when you're cleaning your room, everybody has their place. When you're cleaning your social room, everyone has their place. You have your few close friends, you know, your bed, your closet, and your desk. Those are like the three things that you're going to be around most of the time, consistently. They have their place. I'm not going to put my desk in the kitchen because that's not where it goes. Um... I don't know how to explain that one. I just said that, but that sounds right. Um, and so it was just cool. <laughs> I like how I said that. Um, it just, it definitely, through all of this, I realized I was doing a lot of thinking without realizing it. Because if anything, it was a lot more surviving. Just a survival tactic, keep surviving. Um, um, you know, and I'm very much a positive thinker. Very always been a positive thinker. The problem with that, I, I'm a very good at I'm a very good positive thinker and I'm very good at adapting. Problem is any situation I can go to it go into, I'll automatically adapt to that. But I've come to realize that I don't need to do that. I can put myself in situations that I want to be. Again, I'm being very, very broad. Just because I'm trying to make it relatable. That way people, when they listen to this, will be like, oh, okay, I can put it here and there. Um, I'll try to give you a little specific situation. Um, I kind of forgot what I said. It... No. No. Just had a conversation with myself to expose like... <laughs> <laughs> not for me, just for other people. That is the one thing about having a podcast and um, having a public audience. I would love to bring back the curtain, but I can't do that because, you know, I, I'm fine exposing myself. I'm totally fine. But, you know, it, exposing yourself can very much... Um, for some people, hurt you. But for me, it doesn't hurt me because I'm a completely honest person. I love being honest. If you're not honest, you're doing something wrong. Being honest completely takes away so much stress. You don't have to beat around the bush for this thing, beat around the bush for that thing. My thing is to take off as much anxiety as possible because I've realized through depression, I've had some excessive anxiety, but it's only in certain places. Um, and I would have a conversation with my friend Cyrus. Shout out to Cyrus! Um, Cyrus Sherman. Ooh. Uh, for the people that are... Ooh, wow, that hurt. Testing. T <laughs> Hello? Testing. Testing. Testing, testing, testing.
testing testing hello yes testing testing sorry i just did a purposeful noise peak uh, sorry for that people what was i saying oh i'm so sorry i don't <laughs> i don't remember what i was talking about <laughs> i threw myself up um I got to backtrack. Cyrus Sherman. Putting myself in places I wanted to be. Adapting. Self-preservation. I don't know. I did really good at being depressed. That's what... <laughs> that's how I could put it. Um, You know what? I'll fast forward now. So, going back to the week that I found out I was depressed. Did a lot of self-reflecting. And I feel like in that week or two weeks spam, mentally I felt like I grew about six months. Oh man, that sprite just hits, dude. It hits! It freaking hits, man! Um it very the I was, ha I was f trying to figure out my depression so hard is because I just wanted to be done with it. I wanted to be done with it. If I'm doing something, I want to complete the task as best as I can. If I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely care about something, I'm going to be so thorough with it. And you can kind of see that in my podcast. <laughs> Don't, you know, I feel like I just kind of went at it, but it, perfect, perfect thing. In the beginning of my podcast episodes, I talk about some important stuff, but for most of the time, it's just out of my butt because I had no, I had a mental block. I couldn't think of anything. Um, and it was very hard for me to go off the top. And that's why I had to stop doing the podcast because I didn't realize how draining it was on me. Um... I'm eating food. Just give me a sec, bro. But you know what? Take this time to ponder about what I've said. Mm. Man. Oh, and we can listen to my new song while, uh, um, um, That's all you get. Um, <laughs> so yeah, with definitely with all this discovering, um, it made me get back into music a lot because I don't talk to a lot of people and there's not a lot of people that I can have deep conversations with just because I'm very, uh, despite how I'm perceived to the world, I'm very much an introvert, enclosed, and very encapsulated in myself, and I very much have a heavy guard up. And that's just because I got a lot. I got a lot, man. And there's been some times where I've given a lot to people, 
and I can see that they couldn't handle it. And just, just right there, something clicked into me where I knew what I needed to do. Um, um, yeah, so instead of, um, I love being broad because again, I feel like it's just easier to relate to, you know, I would delegate certain parts to myself to certain people and sometimes test out other people with other parts of myself. And it, it stinks because sometimes if I was hanging out here and other people were there, I had to just completely just guard up and it sucked. And I realized now that my, well, one of my friends was talking to me and he was like, dude, that's, that takes energy to not be yourself, but it also takes energy to be yourself. And I realized I'd rather be myself than not myself. So now I've gotten into my head if I'm always going to be myself. I'm, I, I would always give to everybody 50% of myself. But now for the most part, I've upped it to like 52% of myself. <laughs> um, I don't know the exact percentage. We're still working on a gauge meter of how much self I can give to everybody. Um, patent pending. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm just, now I'm very much, I very, I, one of the things too is I wasn't afraid of what people thought of me, but I was afraid. Uh, you know what it was? I was never afraid to be myself, but I was afraid of how I felt about things. And I felt like if I expressed how I felt about things, um, um, I was scared of what people would think, but not in the way everybody thinks, not about like, I hope I'm liked. I didn't care about that. Um, it was more, I was afraid to be wrong with how I felt about things. But the problem with that is only you know how you feel about something. You can't be wrong about how you feel about something. That's, that, I'm going to try to explain that. I love chocolate ice cream. That's how I feel about chocolate ice cream. Just follow me. I would never think about this about ice cream, but I'm just, I'm dumbing this thought process down to the max. Um, let's say you like chocolate ice cream. And let's say someone likes, <laughs> let's say someone likes chocolate ice cream and someone else likes chocolate ice cream. Person one knows they love chocolate ice cream. Person two loves chocolate ice cream but they don't know how they feel about how they love chocolate ice cream i i you know what I, the best way i can explain it is it no nah, i can't explain that one i i can't explain that one i need someone else to translate what i'm saying to explain that ah um no we're we're, we're doubling down we're doubling down um let me think let me think Chocolate ice cream, how do I feel about it? I, no. Ah! 
I just wouldn't know how I felt about things. Yeah, I guess that's a simple. <laughs> that's a, I uh, um, I very much will overcomplicate uh, things in my head, but that's just because I like to be thorough. Trying to it, the problem with trying to explicitly articulate my thoughts is sometimes I'll do much, do way too much of breaking it down. Imagine. My thoughts are celery, and I'm not going to shove an entire celery in your mouth because you're going to choke. So I chop it up into little pieces so you can have bite sizes of it. Problem is, I'll just saute the entire thing so now you've got little tiny pieces of saw. You, you get where I'm going with it. Um, um, so yeah. Um... Yeah, you know, that's 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 where we're at today. That's where we're at. I am back um on this podcast. We're going in. Um I'm going to try to have more people on the podcast. I'm going to try to have more interviews. Um Sorry. The you know, I think that's time right there. <laughs> um I think we got a lot done. Thank you for watching or listening to the Roman Cario podcast. Um, uh, trying to figure out how I want to end it. Um, nah, I'm not gonna end it that way. Uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening to the Roman Cario podcast. I think we got a lot done here. Um, you know, tune in for more on the the next episode and. Yeah.